your shoulder. I am the writing on the walls. Oh my god. <laughs> and and you're gonna be saying that again in part two and part three, am I right? You're gonna repeat the same dialogue over and over again. Exactly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hellfest. That died somewhere. I don't know where he went. What the hell happened to my my podcast partner, Nick Arcana? Who is this? Who am I podcasting with? What the hell? This is Jeremy 2.0, bitch. Oh, no. Hey, listen, man. Jeremy, you know I've always defended you, right? I've always been on your side. Nick is the one you want, not me. So we can have this podcast. But, you know, once you want to kill somebody, that's going to be Nick, man, not me. I defend you, man. I'm on your side. Don't lie to me. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're our biggest fan. You listen to the podcast. You can't tell me that I'm against you, man. Nick's the one making jokes about you and your mom. He's the one talking about your mom all the time. Where's Nick at, man? He's, he needs to be here taking responsibility, man. This is not fair. He's kind of apparently got to Ohio, I think, because I'm in his room, but he ain't here. So you jumped I on think he's with my mom. <laughs> so you jumped so you. <laughs> So you jumped on the mic and decided if you can't kill him, at least you can take a spot on the podcast. That makes a lot of sense. I get it. But, Jeremy, more importantly, have you seen Hellfest? Can't say it. Fuck, I've been there. Wow. All right, cool. Um, all right, Jeremy, listen, I'm, I'm canceling today's podcast. And, um, you know, what I would tell you to do is I got I got actually I got an idea for you. What you can do is I, I think Nick had mentioned earlier, he texted me. He was going to see a movie at the theater, right? He's going to be back in about two hours, right? So what you can do is leave his leave his place now, right? But then come back in two hours, and he'll be there, and you can get him. So you want to come back in about two hours, he'll be there, and you can do what you want. But I need you to leave right now, but then come back in two hours. I think he, he went to see a movie or something. He went to see um, uh, Terrifier Part 4 or some shit. So come back in about two hours, and you'll be good. So Sounds good to me. I'll be back. Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes. Hello. Hey, man, listen, I don't know um, if you... You didn't happen to, on your way back into your, your place. You didn't see, like, a some tall, looming figure walking out, right? Because somebody might have been looking for you, I'm just saying. No, I saw some, like, gangly nerd guy with glasses walking by me. Yeah, well, do me a favor. In about two hours, just lock your door, right? Just make sure if you hear a knock and like that, just don't open the door. It's not going to be the, the pizza delivery guy. It might be someone else. Just be very cautious about two hours from now. I'm just saying. Understood. Anyway, what are we doing today? Well, I mean, you've been, you're have been you late, so, I mean, I had to fill in the time. I was doing, like, a stand-up comedy routine while you were waiting for you, but since you came back, we're doing Hellfest, which is a movie that you uh, you chose. Um, so I did. Yes, continuing our our month of October we're back into our horror movie craze and we are back to some people do Oktoberfest some people do other fest but today we're doing uh, health health fest yeah, well, I guess I may have had an implant stuck in my eye when I uh, made that decision well true listen and I, I know the fact is that you told me you went to go see a movie but I know really where you where you're at you were at a blue ribbon beating I you can't pull the wool over my eye. I know you were spreading your Mountain Dew, uh, your blue Purple Dew. Your purple Dew meeting. Dew. Get it yeah. right. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. So, uh, don't worry. I, I know I know what you're doing, and I, I want to tell you something. You, you uh, being with the Blue Ribbons, I've decided to reestablish our contacts in Nilbog. Oh, fuck me. I've, I've been on the phone with them, right? I know they said, our, <clears throat> they said that first sponsorship went wrong, and, you know, there was a little bit of a blame game going on, and... Because they never paid us. I know, and I brought that up, and they said, listen, the past is the past. They said we're a thriving community here in Nilbog, and they said they want to work with us again. And I said, absolutely, I love Nilbog. It's my favorite travel. Five times a year I travel Nilbog on vacation. So I said, absolutely, we'll work with you guys again. So I'm reestablishing contact there. So you can do your do thing, and me, I'm going to get Nilbog back on its feet. So how about that? Nah. Well, I didn't say I'm gonna include you. I'm saying it's a solo venture <laughs> because your your purple do is a solo thing on your end. So I'm saying I'm making moves on my side too, and eventually we'll bring it all together for the podcast. But just want you to know I got things going on also. I feel like I'm going to need Jeremy to replace you because you're going to be green goo by the end of your venture. 
Well, listen, I know to stay away from the milk, so I'm not drinking the milk there. I mean, I'm taking their money. I'm taking their green money, their green cash, but I'm not taking their green goo and their green milk. So, No, you will be the green goo. You ain't taking it. You will be it. Listen, all I'm saying is I'm not stopping this time until I get those green nuggets in every store, every grocery store, every restaurant, <sighs> green nuggets. And you're going to eat them, sir. No. You know why? I won't even eat green eggs and ham, sir. What? How disrespectful to Dr. Seuss. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> How dare you? You're the one who brought it up. That, that, that's about the only book you've read, isn't it? <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I was also forced to read the Twilight books. Oh, so that's what the young people are calling it. Forced to, meaning that you checked it out from the library in eager anticipation as you turned it page from page, stayed up all night to finish the series. That's you calling that being forced no, my, <laughs> no, my wife handed me the book and told me to read it or she's not watching a horror movie with me. Okay, well, that yeah, you made a good trade-off then. I can, I can understand that. So I told her I'll read the whole series since she's being a meanie face, but, uh, she then has to watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies with me. Mm. And But you should have said, like, in perpetuity, meaning every year she has to watch those with you, and not just one time. No, she had to sit through them all at once. Uh, you know, I got to weigh that, though. The entire Twilight series or... Man. Oh, okay, I guess you made the right choice. Anyways, Hellfest 2018. This is a movie, unlike last week, this is a movie that I had never seen before. I've heard of it. And I've heard talk about it online, but Nick, I'm guessing you saw this back uh, 2018 ish. I actually, this was actually uh, one of my, me and my wife decided to go to the theaters to see this one because around that time, not, no slashers were coming to theaters. So when I heard this movie was a slasher horror and going to the theaters, me and her went to go see it. Hmm. We were the only ones in the theater that day. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean... Granted, it was a Thursday. I mean, for what I'm seeing... Like, early Thursday. From what I'm seeing, it was an 18 million gross on a 5 million budget. So, I mean, some people went to see it. I mean, uh, you know... The 18 million is between U.S. and Canada with, I believe, 7, almost 8 million in the U.S. Well, you know, you should have waited two weeks because for what I'm seeing... It actually came out to theaters September 30th of 2018. You mentioned there was no other slasher movies coming out. But two weeks later, box office-wise, the biggest slasher of all time Halloween, came out. I will... Halloween no. 2018 came out two weeks later, buddy. It's it's the highest grossing slasher movie of all time. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Let's get to Hellfest, because that way you know, we can watch a generic slasher kill people. Well, listen, every once in a while, you got to go. You need to, just generic. You need generic slasher. I mean, you got you got time for Chucky, for Michael, for Freddy. Sometimes you need just a guy. And, hey, the fact is, I mean, to be honest, I mean, this kind of reminds me a little bit of Summer Party Massacre in terms of, like, you just have a guy with a mask on. And of course, Summer Party Massacre was no mask. But, I mean, yeah, they can't all be supernatural, you know, back from the dead and almost drowned but didn't drown or we don't know if he drowned or not. Yeah, they can't all be that, so. So I guess how about, the first thing we should probably bring up is the actual event, Hellfest. Apparently it has two different types of haunts. You got your regular haunts that normal people like to go to. Then you got an extreme haunts where the actors are actually allowed to touch you. Hmm. So that's actually pretty intense when you think about it, because to be fair, you can kind of choose which path you want to go. You want to go the normal route and just have jump scares, or you want to go the extreme route and potentially get your girlfriend kidnapped, where you, you then call out to the guy, uh, hey, I'm going to need her back, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing with Hellfest is... Yeah, you know, you kind of have to, like, commit to either... There's some movies that are more gory and some movies that are more, like, sort of suspenseful, right? And you hang your hat on, like, okay, like, something like The Night House is going to be more suspenseful, more scary, more slow build. 
And then you have more like sort of like the slasher genre typically is more, you know, gory, gory, quick hit kills. Really not much on action. Uh, I I feel like because this one went to not only went to theaters but also had a, a small budget. I feel like this one tried to go back to kind of your '80s slashers where they did have suspense. At the same, but at the same time. <laughs> the, this movie's version of suspense is just music and a guy standing there menacingly. The, the suspense in this movie reminds me of those damn Fear Street movies that came out a couple years ago. Oh, f- no, no, this movie's <laughs> so much better than Fear Street. You can go fuck yourself, sir. It's in the same vein. I'm sorry. It is. No. Yeah. I don't. And what's bad is I thought I would like the second one better because of because that one was your more traditional. 80 well, it, slasher because that's was, when it took place it was at least better than the first one i thought i mean uh, it was better than the first but fuck that movie was boring as hell uh, how do i get bored in a slasher well like i said you have to find the line of slashers should be more yeah they should not be boring i agree that's uh that's a cardinal sin um and at least this one me personally i don't find this one all that boring you do, but I have. Uh, we'll go through gripes with that one. I'm well, sure. No, I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think it's boring. And we were talking about how disturbing behavior needed more time last week. This movie is perfect at hour and twenty nine minutes. This is the perfect length for this kind of movie, and and it packs a punch for sure. But I think it's one of those movies that's fun. But for me, if I analyze in terms of like, do I like the characters? Nah. Does it go all the way on the gore? No, it's pretty, pretty. The movie's pretty tame, honestly, for the most part. Well, this this one also went to theaters. I don't know. Hell, to be fair, Halloween it, Kills was it really all that gory? It was gore in this. This movie felt almost like borderline PG thirteen. I would say, like this is like a if this is rated R, it's it's surprising a little bit. It feels like it could be easily be PG thirteen. It's rated R for that very first kill, or not the very first kill, but Gavin's death. The very first death that kind of opens up the movie because it kind of gives us a uh, an understanding of this guy's targets, especially when we start seeing the whole movie and see more of his targets to understand why he goes after him. I think he just likes he just like scaring people a little too much. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and that's um, a lot of horror villains are like that, so. I'm not mad at him. So, <laughs> well, he got. He seems uh, uh, throughout this movie, people will notice that he targets his main targets are people are those that are not afraid of him, women and brunettes. Now, to be fair, I did not come up to with that analysis on my own. I, ju- I just watched a YouTube video on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have picked up on that. So that's good. Uh, good observations from the YouTuber, I guess. <laughs> the YouTube. The YouTuber, I guess, probably should mention is Foundflix. He does ending explains, and he even said, I don't know why I'm doing a, a review on this one, because the ending is straight fucking forward, but let's go. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it doesn't hurt to dig deeper into it, so. Um, the only thing you need, the only thing that needs to be dug deeper into is the killer himself, because the rest of the story is pretty nonchalant. You got friends that go to a, this is where I different from you i have no problems with these characters because i feel like they're just friends hanging out having fun the only thing i don't like is the fact that they decide to joke around and play inside the haunted attractions yeah i don't want to diss the characters in terms of like i don't think they're particularly stupid or even unlikable well some of them are annoying to me but i wouldn't say necessarily unlikable but not that just more that i feel like for me i feel like they're more just generic characters like they don't stand out. Oh, they are. Um, they're yeah. generic, but at the same time, this is a generic slasher. I don't think well, the yeah. movie tried to be anything other than generic slasher. And I know, and I and I don't want to. It's a slasher, so again, you don't want to hold it accountable to higher standards of, you know, we're not looking for anything deep here. But it's nice if you know if you have a decent budget and you have pretty good actors. It's nice if you try to elevate it a little bit beyond a generic slasher. But this movie is happy to be a generic slasher it's like it's aiming to be generic slasher it's not aiming for anything greater so i guess i can't hold too high of an expectation on it it is what it is um so i'm i'm they're not the best characters not the worst characters you're right they're just kind of uh for me they're in between they're just 
they don't stand out positively, but they don't detract from the movie either. Well, how about we get to our first death real quick, and that is random girl at the beginning who gets stabbed in the gut. Yeah, there's a lot of stabbing in the guts in this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> he wants his victim. You think that because you're getting stabbed in the gut, it's not a usually stabbing to the gut is not a 100% automatic kill right away. That should be painful. You should see it. Unless yeah. these girls are just going into shock and passing out from it. Then again, if I then again, I think with this kill, he actually kind of brings the knife up just a little bit as he picks her up. Well, look, I mean. We know for a fact that Kirby was stabbed in the gut, and now she's back in the new screen movie. So, there's yeah, but he so. yeah. Well, this is the main. This is the very first girl. She has to be dead, especially since you find out in a later scene that she was apparently mistaken as a prop because this happened. Uh, I think they stated that that actually happened like early in the early in the attraction. So they stayed up for a couple of days before they started realizing that was a body inside that haunted attraction. Yeah, it's a it's a so-so death to start off with. It's not going to be the worst death of the movie. It's not the best death. It's just to kind of establish some things. Oh, yeah. Well, let's establish that Gavin's head has no brains, apparently. Yeah, well, <laughs> I will say this. This is the goriest death in the movie, but there's I don't think there's any brains. I didn't see no brains come out. I just saw a <laughs> bunch of blood. Well, I mean, was this CGI or what? Do you think it was just, uh, clearly? Like uh, from what I from what I understand, this is actually practical. Okay. Uh, the blood itself is probably CGI. I didn't because they do such a quick cut. It could be CGI. It could be practical, but they did such a quick cut away. Yeah, that you see the somewhat aftermath, and then they cut away. So that way, if it is CGI, you're not going to be able to tell right away. You're going to have to actually pause the movie at that point. I believe it was practical, actually. Again, $5.5 million budget. CGI costs more than practical effects. Yeah. Well, you know, I think... Um, I like the I like the setup to the kill in terms of... One, one thing I would say is that um, the guy's at his locker, right? And just a small pet peeve, but I don't think you necessarily need to show the killer walking up to the locker. <laughs> Because <laughs> you show him walk up, and then you cut him, you cut back to the guy looking locker for another twelve seconds, and all the suspense is gone by the time he closes the locker. Why not just have him in the locker? He closes it, and then the killer's there. Um, so that just seemed like a bad decision to have shown the killer walk up to the locker. Like, why even show that? The um, so one thing I'm kind of annoyed about, I, I somewhat know that they, because they want this carrot this killer to be 100% human they uh they they show him walk a lot so that way it's like oh so y'all don't think he just magically appeared there like he, no one would have thought that he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't feel human to me i thought actually again not having seen the movie i initially thought he was supernatural because he seems more like like a like um his mannerisms, like, he doesn't run, really. He walks, just like he's, like, if he's, like, Jason or Michael Myers. Um, and I don't know. I, I didn't know if he was human or not, but I guess, I mean, he... Uh, but, so, I think the... Shit. I hit my, I hit my mic. No, I think the whole walking bit is actually more because he has... Because you find out later on that he's actually being a character that the company themselves technically have in the deadlands so he's trying to be this type of character and it seems like that character is not supposed to run because he still wants people to think he's part of the attraction so he can get close to him to be able to kill him yeah well let me ask so dudes carry around this like a uh, carnival style sledgehammer i don't know what we want to call it it's like the circus hammer <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting that he hits the guy in the throat, it seems, right? like Yeah, he, hit, uh, he hits him in the throat to knock him down. I think he gives him a few kicks to get him to the spot where he finally hits his head in. That's a hard way to kill somebody. <laughs> you're saying you're going to bash his face in with like a big hammer. Yes. That's not easy. you got to really wind up really hard to do that. So. Well, it, well the hammer is also heavy enough to where... All he has to do is just bring it up. The minute he brings it down, he lets gravity take it, which will do the rest. Yeah. 
I do like um, I've seen movies do this sometimes, and sometimes they don't do it. I do I do like eliminating the boyfriend character as early as possible. Um, because I mean, you just want the girl, your main survivor girl, to be more in fear and more in danger if her boyfriend's not there. The boyfriend being there kind of takes away some of the suspense if you're thinking, oh, she'll be okay. She has her boyfriend with her. So, so I, I get that point of doing that. So uh, so out of all of these, out of those pretty much our six main characters, I feel like the only one who probably would have had a chance had he gotten a fair shake at it would have been Asher. Yeah. Because he was, he, he was definitely, you could tell, he's the one who works out. Quinn just looks like he runs. Uh, Asher looks like he works. He does some works out, but only problem is he doesn't really take everything too seriously. Yeah, that's true. And doesn't Asher at one point let his boyfriend? She lets lets his girlfriend get like taken away <laughs> randomly. Yeah, that that's <laughs> the that was a pretty. I I laughed at that because he they get to the deadlands, they just get the map, and all of a sudden. Taylor gets kidnapped by one of the monsters and taken away. And he just nonchalant goes, I'm going to need her back, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of creepy. I mean, listen, we've been to our fair share of haunted houses and a lot of them won't even touch you. Well, um, that's because they're not allowed, but they are now in the, when that happens, they were in the area that is classified as an extreme haunt. They are allowed to touch you. They are allowed to, blow stuff at you as you see with damn Natalie when the um, damn creature of the Black Lagoon comes up and goos her. Okay, but um, allowed to pick you up and walk away with you? <laughs> yes. What? I mean, at the end, what you saw, you ended up signing a waiver saying you give them permission to do anything other than kill you or rape you, pretty much. Dude, they probably I could punch you and be, get away with it. Dude, I've maybe they can, but I've never seen that. Taking you. Have you ever heard of McCammy Manor? No. It's an extreme haunt. It's classified as a haunt. It's not. It is literal legal torture where they put you through torture for eight hours straight. If you can make it through, I hear you get like a a million dollars, five hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, you you get some money, but you got to make it through eight hours without having a heart attack, without asking to leave. Because to be honest, if they they've changed it now to where if you tell them I want out, or you give them a safe word, they let you out. Whereas back like twenty two thousand eight or whenever they started, no, you literally had to have a heart attack to get out. Wow, before the eight hours. <laughs> I've been to some rough ones. I do feel like maybe for the same, I feel like I'm okay. If I'm not in physical danger, anything else I feel like I can handle in terms of, you know, what they try to scare me with in the haunted house. I don't mind them touching me even like that. But yeah, I mean, if they, if they grab me and put me in a chokehold, then I'm like, <laughs> what the hell, man? But, <laughs> but them grabbing you versus like anything else is like whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've been to some good ones, but I went to a haunted penitentiary in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. That was cool. The best one was when I went to in Tennessee, actually, believe it or not. Had the best haunted <laughs> house ever. Um, but, I mean, what this movie gets right is that, yes, atmosphere-wise and how the movie looks and the feel of going to like a haunted house, it, it does feel that way. That It has the exact feel as what you would want going to a haunted house. And the killer has the perfect disguise. I guess. I mean, again, it's just generic mask, basically. <laughs> so, probably should mention one other thing. The killer, when you, especially when you get to the Deadlands and find out there's like 15 other people dressed up as the same guy. He's classified as the other, by the way. Um, mm. The only way you can really tell who the killer is at this point is apparently his boots, because he wear. obviously everyone's wearing different shoes. He's wearing steel toe work boots, which tells me this guy is construction. Probably a foreman, considering the fact of the size of his house. And... Yeah. Fuck, there was something. Oh, yeah. And he also whistles the... Um, fuck, what, what was the song again? Uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. Pop Goes the Weasel, that's right. Yeah, he's whistling Pop Goes the Weasel, which we'll find out why apparently he 
likes whistling that at the end when you find out he has a daughter and she really likes Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah. You think that's what he did to his first wife, his ex-wife, maybe? He made her pop like a weasel. Hey, man, child support costs a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do what he had to do to escape child support. <laughs> and alimony. Yeah, he was like, you know, he just, that was his root starting point, but then after that he was like, that was enjoyable. I'm just going to kill everybody. So some also tells me that uh, his wife, even though she didn't get, I'm assuming his wife is probably his first kill, as we just mentioned. It, and something tells me she liked horror nights, but didn't get scared too easily. Pretty much, I'm assuming all these, all of his targets are kind of a representation of what his wife was. You know, this is a solid background that I wish would have been in the movie. <laughs> because... <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm on elevating it beyond a normal slasher. The more, yes, there's sometimes where the killer just being like a blank slate works very well, but also there's sometimes where you just want more of an explanation. I'm still waiting for a Jeepers Creepers movie where they go really a deep dive into the creeper because this point they're not going to. They're not going to, but I just heard that the newest one is a generic slasher. I, I knew that it was gonna be terrible just hearing that. Okay. It has nothing to do with the first couple ones. I'm I'm assuming it's like kind of a whole new new thing, right? It, it, it's all what's bad is, but the way the third one ended, and they and the people that bought the rights to Jeepers Creepers stated they were going to continue the story. The way the third one ended was, now it's going to be the creeper and the girl fighting. Yeah, I mean that's what everybody wants to see because the actress is down to do it, obviously. So, but now, it's. Turned uh, from what I've all heard from people who's gotten those early screenings of the movie, it's a generic slasher. It's just the creeper killing people again. Like, honestly, and you don't I, learn a damn thing about the character. Honestly, I'm gonna make a prediction. I think I think the series is dead. I think this new one's. Gonna, <laughs> I think this new one's gonna kill the series. It, yeah, most likely. Because but the fan, as for the fan, the fan interest, isn't there? And if it's actually a bad movie, which is what I'm hearing. That's that's a dagger because part three was really bad. So if you'd make two, bad yeah, but uh, in a row, I mean, I mean, of course you have the Hellraisers, which did like nine bad. Had four, <laughs> four or five, yeah. But so overall, I understand why they pretty much didn't give you anything in this character because the way they set this ending up with this movie is that fact that this character was they set it up for a sequel in case the movie made a decent amount of money. Well, Which I guess for a horror movie, eighteen million doesn't sound too bad, but I guess they yeah. wanted something better. Well, yeah, the thing is, like, a lot of my frustration with the movie is that a lot of things are left to the idea of, hey, we'll explain more in the sequels, or even the ending is kind of like, hey, this ending works because it sets up a sequel. But when you don't get the sequel and you just have to be like, okay, this is a standalone story with nothing else happening, and then a lot of this just seems stupid. It becomes generic because you're like. All right, there's no we know there's not going to be any more explanation happening or anything like that. So then it feels like it's just an unsatisfying ending. Um Well, how about we get to the uh the death scenes that you apparently found boring. Me and everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor and Quinn. Uh so Taylor's death could have been a lot more I want to say terrifying, but as but as the budget equals more blood uh they decided to go the way of taylor originally gets out runs <laughs> and for some reason wait this is minute. where i feel like she fucked up wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. she stopped wait, wait 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 before we get there i'm not gonna let you gloss over how stupid this is <laughs> yeah i know you wanted to quickly be like oh this decapitation thing let's just ignore this this is a stupid <laughs> scene for a number of reasons first of all you have the perfect setup where yes you have the false decapitation and then we find out behind the scenes, the real killer is setting up the real decapitation. And this killer, who apparently is not very well prepared, sets up the victim to be decapitated by a very dull blade, which barely cuts her neck, essentially? Well, so to be fair, the killer was prepared. He has a weapon to kill her with. He has, <laughs> I think it was a, a fucking shiv, a ceramic knife or something, because he obviously had to get in get in there without the metal detector going off. Nick, he takes so he takes so long here. She's right in front of him 
and he lets her get away. Literally, yeah. He's he's he doesn't take one glance over to see her untying herself the entire time. <laughs> so when he finally looks over, he's like, "Huh? Which way does she go? Which way does she go? Where does she go?" Is it and, then, and now is it possible he likes the hunt? No, he he was not trying to let her go here. He was just incompetent. He's being <laughs> stupid. Now the thing is, her getting her head chopped off was the best resolution here because we just saw the false one and now this is the real one. Now, to your point, okay, she runs out. She runs past her friends. <laughs> um, she's in the crowd, and now what you're about to say, I agree with completely. She just stopped. She stops and turns around and lets him catch up to her. That makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah, I I also didn't understand that. I, I think it was just... It's getting, you can definitely tell around this kill, it's getting close to the climax of the movie. And they needed to get rid of two other characters okay, in order right. to. Okay, so I I know that you think that he stabs her, the friend tries to help. Oh, the friend gets stabbed too. Yes, I agree. That's realistically how it happened. But it's also just lazy. It's like, this is a slasher movie. We want creative kills. We want inventive kills. We want gory kills. A quick 30-second stab in the stomach and then turn around and stab the friend. It's, it's kind of a, a lazy, quick disposal of two characters, isn't it? I mean... Do, do we need to go over Scream 4's ending of just straight stabbing everybody in the gut? <laughs> yeah, but that was the ending. Come on. And you like that movie. I mean, you like the new Scream. There's a lot of that going on in the new one, too, so... Um... Exactly. I And I actually have no problems with this kill, especially... The only thing I have a problem with it's lazy, lazy. Uh, no, not that. Um, the one thing I do have a problem with is it. This killer, until this point, I should be admitted that he seems to like killing people pretty quickly. Every kill he's done has been pretty much a one shot. Even Asher, even though it oh was drawn out, but Asher fought back with it. That's the only reason why it was drawn out. The needle in the eye is so. I hate. That was movies, painful. I hate movies that do that because it's just so. Yeah, I can't even watch it. It's like, oh. But so you'd think after the blade falls and he realizes his doll one. Why does an amusement park have real weaponry in it? Well, the ones I've gone to have definitely not had real weapons, so <laughs> that is definitely so, to, to serve the plot here. So I'm not going to lie. If I was the killer, I wouldn't even think that the guillotine would be able to cut through somebody's head because I'm going to assume it's either plastic or maybe it's a type of a very dull metal that wouldn't be able to cut at all. Maybe crush her head. Well, that's why it made no sense to me because he clearly he's prepared somewhat because he knows that it's like a real blade, but he didn't account for the dullness of the blade. So And if it was... Yeah, so I just... And at first, I was thinking maybe uh, while thinking about the scene, maybe he brought the blade and then changed it. But then, why would it be dull? He would have brought a bla- a sharp blade, and also, how did he get it in the damn a park? Right. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so either way, it still could have it still would have been a pretty decent kill if, say, she he did cut her head off. Because think about how painful and excruciating that would have been to actually watch. Well, I thought the plan was then to be like, okay, you cut a little bit. We're going to make this extra suffering for her by slowly chopping her head off with multiple, you know, <laughs> guillotines. Like, I thought that had been like so, it's like, he's just getting annoyed, like, cut her head off, cut her head off. And it's like slowly cutting through each time. It had been a long scene, but that would have been brutal. I just think, yeah, I mean, and, and, and by the way, as you said, when she runs away, she has such a head start on him. The fact <laughs> and he's she, still not running. Right, the fact that she like somehow lets him catch up to him, to her, and lets him stab her—it's just kind of lazy again. Now, so she gets stabbed first. He's he must not have liked Taylor at all because he sliced her face first. <laughs> it's like, damn, Asher, you killed almost immediately. Gavin, sure, you hit him in the throat, but that was to knock him down so you could then smash his head in with the hammer. This girl. What did she do to you? She's the one who left when you were killing the first girl. Look, I don't know if he... He didn't watch the movie, so... He's not going to be as annoyed as I was, but I have to be honest. By the end of Taylor, I just want her to shut up. To me, she did get become an annoying character. 
I, I think she's on the borderline of where like I think you like her, so I think it's on the borderline of she's either like likable and spunky or annoying as hell. And for me, she slanted more towards annoying as hell. So I kind of ha- I had fun with Taylor. She she had some pretty decent jokes that got me gave me a chuckle. But, when she's on the guillotine, I just want her to shut up and get her head chopped off. I'm like, the only way to shut her yeah. up is to get her head chopped off because she's basically talking bad about her friends and hyping up this haunted house and just shut up and get the guillotine. So. The only thing I didn't like is, so when Tony Todd shows up in this movie, he tell he tells him, well, we need to sacrifice a version. And she comes out and says, yeah, about that. And I'm like, just play along. Yeah. Oh, well, again, she's- like you don't. She's, that, that's the only part that annoyed me is she decided to continue instead of kind of being happy she's actually a part of it if i was the damn tony todd's character the minute she says she's not a virgin i was like well then get off my stage yeah like i said <laughs> she's there's characters sometimes who are on the borderline of where i think half the audience is going to like her half the audience is going to hate her so i just think it's like a how how likable versus annoying she is to you um I'd hang out with her. <laughs> I'd hang out with her, but I wouldn't trust her. <laughs> but uh, but still, uh, so after he slices her face and then stabs her, Quinn tries to stop the stabbing, which he's a little late. She's already stabbed. But he decides to grab the guy by the shoulders and spin him around. It's like, what? Yeah, what the hell? I guess he didn't see the knife. But uh, at the end of... He, he, saw him, he saw him stab her, though. So... <laughs> Yeah, so my I wouldn't I would have tackled him if I was Gwen Quinn I would have tackled him because then at least I'm still on top of him with his back to me and then start bashing his head in from behind instead of grabbing by the shoulder turning him around and then he stabs me straight in the fucking heart. I'll be honest, if he's already stabbed her and he has a knife, she's dead. What, what, yeah, why? What is this? Uh, I'm gonna tackle. I'm gonna be a hero. No, you're gonna get your throat slit, probably. So it's like, what? What is? The no, uh, the only reason I say I'm gonna tackle him is so I'm still on his back. He can't turn around because I'm on top of him. Then I'm gonna bash his head in, so that way he can't kill me. Because it's obvious if he's killing I, my friends, he's probably gonna for me too. Maybe, but I just don't think it's a position of strength even to tackle him. If he has a knife in his hand, regardless, I'm going to find my own weapon or coming from a position of strength. I'm not just like. Yeah, this doesn't work out well because let's say you go to tackle. Well, oh, you're him. you're not you're not as big as me, so you wouldn't be able to hold him down as easily. <laughs> yeah, well, I also won't be bleeding Mountain Dew once he stabs me, so you could probably <laughs> but, you could probably blind him by like the Mountain Dew pouring out your veins and like feeling like acid on his on his mask. So. <laughs> but I just but I don't get the point of you see him with a knife, so you decide to grab him by the shoulder and turn him around so he can easily stab you. And also, that could have just been any other character in the movie. Why did it have to particularly be Quinn? It could have just had him die, like maybe yeah. somewhere in the actual haunted house. Well, you could have had, you could have had somebody in the crowd, a bystander, try to come and help, and then he turns around and stabs him. But yeah, for someone like Quinn, you would expect more of a, not like a big setup, but still like an actual death scene for him, not like a quick. Get like get. It's like the director was like, "Get out of my movie." <laughs> like, <what? laughs> I guess I guess the director and Quinn did not see eye to eye. Yeah. But I will say this: the killer did still give off way too much energy with Quinn's death because the minute he turns around, the first place he stabs is the heart. <laughs> well, and then he takes it out and then stabs him in the gut. I'm like, did you really need to do a double take on this guy? He used too much energy apparently because. I don't think he's going to kill anybody else for the rest of the movies. <laughs> he doesn't. You, you'd think Brooke would also be a goner in this movie, but... I was going to ask about this. What exactly was in the, the logic of let's keep Brooke alive? What was her purpose to be alive? I don't understand why you don't have this epic one-on-one fight scene now between... Not fight scene, but chasing, whatever, like historically through horror. You have, you have a final girl, but this movie decides that we need two final girls, and I'm not sure if there's a purpose to it. I don't know because I feel like if I do feel like if Brooke died being the best friend, there would have been that emotional setup for now Natalie to actually attempt to fight back. Yeah, because you know she doesn't really care about Taylor. To be fair, she probably doesn't care about Gwen Quinn. And by the time she realizes Gavin's dead. She's already in the thick of it, and she's more scared because, oh, if a guy can't take this person out, how am I? 
well, this again makes me think that anytime you see like um, more survivors than necessary, you get that feel again that they're setting up for a sequel that will never come to be because by the film's logic, yeah, we can do a sequel and we can follow both Brooke and Natalie as they uh, move on. Um, through the trauma. Yeah, we can like get them again next year. So sometimes there's that at play also. But I, I think that I, Brooke living here just seems extra. Also, I don't think either of them are going to another Hellfest after this. <laughs> well, I mean, so, you know, there's the easy... For you can you, you can get one sequel out of it, right? And here's how you do it. It's, and it's always played up in horror movies, but it's the whole thing of, hey, we go back to one of these things to solve our trauma by facing it and moving on. So you get you can get, you can get one sequel out of that of like all And right, then they die. <laughs> and then dude happens to be at the one place they go to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh so we get honestly I I actually for the most part I'm actually bored with this final chase in this maze cuz it's just drawn out. Yeah. There's no not really much going on except finding out that an axe has a full blade on it true again tony todd you should never open another hellfest again if you're adding <laughs> real weapons to your fucking props <laughs> right and also tony todd i mean let's be honest you, you don't you don't need the money so come on man you've had, <laughs> you've had a great film but career, so. <laughs> so they go through those and it actually the only parts that i actually liked during this chase is literally around the end when they get into the room that has all the mannequins in it Oh yeah, and the killer, of course, stabs the wrong mannequin. He's so the killer, being an idiot once again, he's so set that yeah, I picked the right one. Stabs it, and only for uh, to get attacked from behind. So yeah, well, he still technically comes out on top because he knocks Natalie out, sort of. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> now it turns into him and Brooke in a chase, and I'm just <laughs> thinking to myself. Huh? Why is he chasing Brooke when Natalie is his main target? Is that is his MO really to kill all the friends? Because, like, the first group of girls he went after before Natalie, we didn't see him kill the friends. We just see him kill the girl. I don't know. The movie loses me a little bit because, again, I don't understand why Brooke wasn't killed in the first, like, half an hour. So. <laughs> uh, nah, Brooke, Brooke can stay alive. Uh, Brooke could have been the last kill. I'm fine with that. I the character herself, she's pretty nice, and she's definitely one to stick up for her friends, which is where I feel like should have been her downfall. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, but, I I don't know. Well, go ahead. Yeah. This, this, but, this, this ends kind of lame to me. So. Well, then, then uh, Natalie comes out of a rotating wall, knocks the bad guy down. I'm saying knock him down, even though I know she gets him, but... He just gets up and walks like nothing's wrong. He doesn't limp. <laughs> he apparently isn't cut anywhere because it's not like he's dripping blood when he gets home and gives his daughter a hug and a little stuffed animal, which, by the way, he still doesn't even say a single word to his daughter when he sees her. Weird. Very weird. Not like that, but... His daughter's dead. <laughs> his daughter wakes up from her sleep and, like, looks at him for... It's just for the stupid movie where she has to look at him for like 10 seconds as if she doesn't recognize him. And then suddenly she's like, Daddy! But there's an awkward 10 seconds where the director's like, okay, make it look like you're scared or you don't recognize him. And she takes like 10 seconds to be like, oh, it's Daddy! Like, um, huh? What child doesn't I mean, recognize their father? I mean, do you normally immediately recognize people when you first wake up? Usually my version's blurry. Not a full 10 seconds the way they did with this one. <laughs> She wasn't rubbing her eyes or anything. She was awake. <laughs> yeah. They were, they, sir. They were trying to play it for some weird, awkward suspense thing where they wanted to make. And it I bet like she was watching they, the thing. They wanted to make it look like he's about to attack this child. That's what they were trying to go at. So. And I bet she was watching the thing. I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, you got an ending where the killer doesn't die and the two victims don't die, and everybody lives. <laughs> and. And you see that he's at least done this, what, it looked like he had seven different masks in there besides the one he wore for this one? Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense if he's been doing this in different places that he would uh, always change his mask so he can't really be traced. Well, the pattern, he, so. well he wears whatever mask, that he wears whatever outfit that the actors are all wearing. That Because I don't know if he's targeting Hellfest in general 
or if he's just going to places where the uh, haunts have like a set character and also are able to be to touch the victims. You know, he has so much access and so much knowledge of the inner workings. I, I feel, wonder. I feel like, like he's maybe Tony gone Todd, there multiple times. No, maybe Tony Todd's in on it though. Doesn't it feel like an inside job? Because like the dude, he doesn't do any kind of necessarily horror portation, but he definitely knows his way in and out of everywhere. Like I think maybe someone's giving him access and helping him out. I think that might be so. There, odd. so there, there is a theory that Tony Todd and this guy are either friends or this guy maybe scares Tony Todd or something along those lines. But I buy it. There are theories that this guy, that Tony Todd, is behind it. I mean, it is his whole Hellfest that's being attacked constantly. So yeah. no, I mean the the guy has such access to everything. He's always in the right place, right time. It's like that's going to be a lot easier to pull off if somebody's like helping you, you know, somebody on the inside. Yeah. So Who knows? maybe, he's, maybe he's paying them. That, that's probably why maybe the, that's probably why there's weaponry everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And that would, again, <laughs> that would make way more sense than if somebody's working on the inside and maybe he's like I said, maybe he's still paying child support and then Tony Todd is like hoping to pay that. So <laughs> <laughs> just kill people. That'd have been the, see, that'd have been the explanation in the sequel. It would have been like, Tony Todd's revealed to be the mastermind, but that's like the sequel we never got. So, so categories. All right. Best character. Remember, we're going with best char- character. Best. Character. Well, to be fair, I know we said best character. Character-wise, honestly, when it comes to best, I'm usually go. I have to go with performance with this one. Well, no, they're supposed to. Show, they're supposed to. You can talk about both. They both connect together. It's just that when you say yeah, because when you say best performance, it sounds awkward to talk about the character. When you say best character, right, but, you can bring up the performance also. Well, best character. I'm going to go. Uh, you said you and she annoyed you, but I'm going with Taylor. Uh, that was because Taylor was played actually kind of supposed to be that annoying character that only a few people like, but something. I just feel like if I was at a party with her or at a event like this with her, I would be having just as much fun as her just because of the energy she kind of gives off. She looks like she's actually playing this character pretty well. Yeah. Well, she compared to the other characters, she definitely has a lot more energy and a lot more personality. Um, yeah, that's another reason. <laughs> but I disagree. My favorite character is, uh, is Tony Todd, so playing uh, <laughs> the bar here, so. <laughs> his, his I, only two minutes of screen time I, I really think he carries this movie on his back so, uh, so. <laughs> for two minutes <laughs> i mean hey what do you want me to do so nobody thank else, you very much nobody else stands out for me so <laughs> oh okay well worst character so honestly natalie so for me Okay, well, now that's an interesting. Pivot. You, you didn't think she did a good job? No, it's, the actress did a good job, but uh, I'm sorry. You go to a haunted house, I understand you're going to assume it is acting, but how many haunted houses have you been to? One shows a stabbing, and two has that good of acting. Hmm. That's true. So... At the end of the day, I feel like Natalie, because she got that poor girl killed. It's not like she would have done anything about it, but she didn't have to stand there and watch it. <laughs> yeah, but she thought it was a part of the show, though. Come on. Yeah, but that to the even the extreme haunts ones didn't show stabbing, didn't show somebody being stabbed. It's one story to show an aftermath from what I've everything I've seen of this movie, but to actually show the stabbing itself, especially in a non extreme part of the haunt. Right. Uh, you know, I still got to go with Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) For me, she was was annoying. I don't know. I don't know why, but, uh, no, I mean, look, she did a good job, I guess with, with what she was given, but the character itself for me was annoying. Nobody else really stood well, out as annoying to me. Everybody else was just like kind of likable or whatever. So it's because you're an old man. 
maybe she just talks so much. Like, just shut up, lady. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it's because you're. It's just because you're an old man, my guy. You can't stand these little kids anymore and their voice. Oh my god. All right, best scene. Best scene. So. Oh, easy. Best scene. For, which one's yours? Oh, the the uh, the hammer death scene. <laughs> with uh, what's his face the pounding of the face into the flesh even though it w- did cut away a little bit too quick for me but still fantastic that scene compared to everything else yeah there's that there's another one that I do feel like was decent that, that since I try to stay away from what you've said there's one that I actually found pretty decent I found it as a pretty decent psych out and that was the little roller coaster part where the other shows up just to find out it's an it's another other <laughs> wow okay <laughs> but i still feel like that was a pretty decent scene that the had a it added the music decided to add to it to make it a little bit more suspenseful and at this point you don't even know that there's other actors playing it so you actually think it's this villain ah. so when you get the reveal i feel like it's actually a pretty decent psych out which also adds more to the villain because now we're thinking okay now he can be any one of these like 15 or 20 people right gotcha huh um so worst scene worst scene wow uh, i've already mentioned mine it's the part where they're pretty much running around the maze at the end before they get to the little mannequin room because it the killer really doesn't make an appearance all that much, and it's just bleh. Yeah. It's also, true. there there is one thing I'm wondering. I know it would probably be a decent place to hide, but why the fuck did they decide to run into a maze and not think they were going to get locked in with the guy? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with um the, uh, the would-be couple kissing in the photo booth and then this long drawn out thing of the killer approaching they're in so much danger only for the guy to be like mm, i want them photos <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to kill him i want to take the photos <laughs> so I, f- I feel like that scene would have made a little bit more sense if maybe there was other photos of his victims <laughs> along with the masks in that little cupboard and then uh and then cuz that would have added to like maybe that's his type of trophy besides the mask that's a trophy of people he's killed well, then you got this fake scare scene of like Brooke chasing him down, trying to get the photos, and like just nothing happens. Like for for one, I'm sorry, you you can clearly see this guy. Sure, he looks. He doesn't look like he's that strong, but I don't think Brooke would actually be brave enough to run after him. Uh, yeah, because she ends up in a place where there's like very creepy music playing, and she she should have died. Completely isolated and abandoned. <laughs> She got very lucky that her boyfriend followed her. Otherwise, she'd be screwed. That and because she's one of the more major characters, because if she had died there, I highly doubt any of those characters would have just said, oh, well, let's go to the Deadlands now. I guess it's funny when when the killer confronts Gavin, Gavin's thought is like, hey, can I have back my photos? Like, (laughs) really, guys? Seriously? (laughs) It's like no, but you can have you can have your smashed face. You can have your face smashed. Yeah, let's see how photogenic you are after this hammer hits you in the face. <laughs> what would you like to change? Well, honestly, the budget. I mean, no, well, no, the budget's fine. I mean, the movie looks great. Um, the thing is, in this podcast, you giving these theories about the killer's background and all this stuff, and it's all good stuff. And I just would have liked that in the movie. Instead of us having to theorize so much beyond what's shown, I would have liked a little more explanation uh, of the killer. Um, Budget-wise, it's okay. I mean, certainly, I would have changed the entire ending. I would have had Brooke get killed, and then I would have eliminated the whole him meeting his daughter thing. And I would have just been like, okay, maybe there's going to be a sequel, maybe not. But we can't rely on the idea that there's going to be a sequel. Let's just give this a definitive ending, and then... You know, we'll figure out the sequel on the back end, but let's not like end this on a damn near almost like a cliffhanger. Not a cliffhanger, mm. but like there's no real resolution here. That's all I'm saying. So, I'd have to go with um, honestly, I'd rather just a bigger budget because now that we talk about, it, I do kind of want to see Taylor get her head chopped off. 
<laughs> just because that would be a pretty terrifying scene, pretty painful scene to also watch him constantly doing that. And if we had a bigger budget, we probably would have gotten that. I feel like that was probably the main death for her, but they didn't have the budget for to do it. If they could have done that mid-scream, like she screams and then head chopped off mid-sentence or mid-scream, that would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been good. Um, maybe right. I mean, yeah, like I said, they sacrificed like, um, something there because you made the killer look stupid, and then she got away, but her getting away didn't mean anything because he immediately catches up to her and stabs her. Like, what's the <laughs> point of that story-wise? Like, let let her live then, I guess. If you're going to, like, give her the false kill, just let her live. Kill Brooke and just let her be the other survivor then. It's, it's just kind of a waste of time for her to get away. And it would actually be kind of decent, her, because originally her and Nat were started off the movie kind of against each other. And throughout the movie, they kind of they started liking each other more, but it would make some... It would actually add a little bit more camaraderie if they actually fought off the killer together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. So, so he slashes her face, and then right before stabbing her, then Quinn comes in and gets stabbed twice. <laughs> and then she gets away and meets up with the other two, and then Brooke dies at some point in the last haunted house. Well, the thing with the... One thing with Taylor, though, is like we never... She gets stabbed, but you never really actually see her die, though, right? That is fair. She could still be alive for all we know. She got the exact Kirby thing where it's like, you see her get stabbed, but I guarantee, I guarantee again, they're thinking so much about the sequel while making this. They're like, well, let's keep it where maybe she's alive. I, I guarantee that's like, again, for sequel purposes. And that, fair. And, and, so, that, and that might be why they didn't cut her off her head, honestly. Probably. So... As a, as for my final thoughts, this is my movie. I go first. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I didn't try to go first, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm going to actually give this one a little bit higher of a rating than Vic's going to, but I like the score of it. I, I actually like the killer. <laughs> I like the score of this. I like the killer of it actually, because the the mask. Even though some, I can see where people would say it looks like a burnt melted toast. Um, <laughs> what the hell? The, the the mask under the certain situation could actually be pretty creepy, and some of the and as for the atmosphere, the atmosphere adds to makes that mask creepy, because it's also something completely different against the mind, so the mind could see it as possibly something weird and make you actually terrified of it due to that situation. Uh. Yeah, there's a lot of stabbings in this movie, but hey, we've seen movies with a lot of stabbings and do good. Vic. Um, yeah, I'm lover of the last Scream movie, Nick. So. I don't care what anyone says. I still like the last Scream movie. Um, uh-huh. But so overall, the, the characters, they were fine. They were more fun to watch as friends, but when they pretty much have to be survivalists around the end kind of didn't give two shits and the and overall i'm actually going to give this movie actually i'll just give this movie a two it's fun to watch on halloween night just put it in the background have something to listen to people screaming to and while you're most likely making your halloween cookies and getting your getting your decorations up but i wouldn't advise watching this movie any other time of the year <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. I thought you were gonna actually. So I was going to give it a two and a half, weren't I, you? I thought you were going to duel yourself into three stars. That's what I thought you were going. No, this, <laughs> the movie ain't that good. Um. All right. <clears throat> First of all, do not waste your Halloween night with this movie on the background. There's so many <laughs> other horror movies that you could watch on Halloween. This movie should never be like, oh, it's Halloween. What should we watch? How about Hellfest? No, I don't think so, sir. This movie you watch when you've seen every other horror movie in the world recently, and you're just like, all right, well, we haven't watched Hellfest in like 10 years, so. Um, so that'd be no waste for Halloween on this. Uh, that said. You're a weenie. So the funny thing about this is I'm actually more into slashers than Nick is. I would say I'm like a more of a slasher person. He's more of a supernatural, and I that's actually with the pun intended uh, person. So, so no, you're more you're more into 
comedy slashers. I'm more into serious. Not even that necessarily. I mean, my my favorite horror movie is uh, the original Halloween, probably, and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm super high on all the Jason movies and and all that. So it's like I don't know. I mean, how many serious slashers are there? They they are they're mostly comedic, um, for the most part. But uh, you know, I'm comparing when I compare this to other movies in my mind. I'm thinking of like. You know, The Collector, I think that's better than this. Um, almost most movies I think about, I feel like, are better than this. So it's like, I don't know how to give this a good rating because it's like, I think... Scream it's, 3? I think Scream 3 is better than this, man. I gotta be honest, man. No, you, you, yeah. you've you lost your credentials. No. The Village? That's a, such a totally different movie. Why would you bring that up? <laughs> what the hell? Because it's still... He's like, he's like... Still classified as a fucking horror. He's like, Unbreakable? It's like, what? Why are we comparing to Unbreakable? I don't understand. Uh, okay, well, Scream 3 and this would both be like in the bottom tier of slashers. That's all I'm saying. I just feel oh, like... no. I, I just feel like this movie, if I made a list of my top 100 favorite horror movies, this wouldn't be my top 100. <laughs> For slashers, it wouldn't be my top 30. So this movie is better for me than fucking Scream 4, I can tell you that right now. That is a ridiculous statement. Uh <laughs> ridiculous statement indeed. Um So the one thing I like about it, the reason why I'm not going to give it a, like a, a truly horrible rating is because I do think it has a very fun atmosphere. I was able to watch it in 4K, which greatly increased my appreciation for the cinematography. It does have that haunted house feel. I'm big on haunted houses, so I think it captures that feel perfectly. <laughs> but everything else, I think the killer is generic, the characters are generic, the death scenes are generic. There's one really good death scene. Everything else is pretty, pretty, pretty crap in my opinion. Um, there's no character development. There's no real story here, to be honest. We don't get enough background information to put anything together. It has a terrible ending. Um, it's fun, but like I said, it it's not that much fun. I mean. It's not that entertaining, so. Um, you gave it two stars. I, I'm gonna have to yep. go. I'm gonna have to go one half stars. Then I can't. There's no way, based on what we've said, that I can be like, yeah, I feel on equal ground with this as Nick does. So I'm gonna go one I, level below. Kind of surprised you didn't go one. <laughs> no, no, but the the extra half star is because the atmosphere is strong. Um, if it didn't have, if it didn't look as good as it did, and didn't give me that like haunted house vibe, it would have been one star. But. It's one and a half. It's 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 not the it's not the worst movie. There's definitely worse movies for sure. So, um, but it's it's not in my top. I, I would always be able to find a better horror movie to watch than this. Like, <laughs> there's no reason to revisit this. Now, what I'm curious about though is there's other movies in this genre, this haunted house genre. There's a movie called Bloodfest. I was telling you about. There's a couple others. Mm-hmm. Like one called Haunt that I, I haven't seen any of these movies. Um, Neither have I. Bloodfest. I looked up on IMDb. It's a 5.4 on IMDb. Whereas this was a 5.5. So they seem to be in the same tier, I guess, according to the fans. So. Yeah, but last I checked with Bloodfest, it delves more into Supernatural because I know I saw mm-hmm. one section of it and it, it, it whatever you, because it's on Prime and it's a little clip that they usually show. And the one of the clips is the guy goes around, the, the group goes around and they go, you maybe we shouldn't walk through here. It's a cemetery. Oh, what? You afraid of zombies? And all of a sudden, a zombie hand pops up and grabs a guy. So it's a little bit more of a supernatural feel. Well, the um, the synopsis for Bloodfest says fans flock to a festival celebrating the most iconic horror movies, only to discover that the charismatic showman behind the event has a diabolical agenda. So it sounds interesting. It's fans coming to celebrate the most iconic horror movies, which itself sounds interesting, but. I mean, 5.4, though. It's a lower-rated movie, though, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious. <laughs> it's lower than Hellfest. How does that make you feel? Well, that's what I'm saying. They're pretty much the same. A 5.4 versus a 5.5. Um, and, you know, just credit to you, Scream 3, 5.6. So it's slightly above both of them. But they're, <laughs> they're in the same tier. They're in that, that 5.5 tier. So Scream 3 was a piece of shit, and we all know it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh no one likes Roman. <laughs> what? Hey, Roman was an all-powerful killer, though. I'll tell you what. He did all that work himself, so... <laughs> he didn't have... A, yeah, he and it was the worst movie. Have, he didn't have a partner like these other guys in the other ones, so... Yeah, and it was a worse movie for it. That's because it takes place in Hollywood, and Sydney's barely in the movie, and there's a lot of problems with it, but... 
Sydney shouldn't have been in the movie in the first place. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, all right, folks. Well, you know, we're continuing on with as... our, our horror movies. So next week we'll have another horror movie for you and keep going from there. And uh, and as always, you don't have to go home, but you do got to go to Williamsburg. Bush Gardens is there. And they do a better horror nights than King's Dominion. Or any Bush Gardens near you. Bush Gardens is a national thing and it doesn't have to be Williamsburg. There's ones all over the country. I doubt it. I bet I can look up right now and there will not be one near me. Uh, well, there's nothing near you. There's not even a Hooters near me. So. <laughs> no, there is a Hooters near me. Two and a half hours away. Oh, wow. The price of your but purple, I'll be, the price of your purple due. So. Yeah, but I'll be in Denver October 14th. So better, I'll better. be getting Hooters then. You better get them Hooters wings while you can. <laughs> oh, I will. Probably going to get me a 50-pack. <laughs> there you go. Eat some there, take some home. Oh, man, I don't know if they're going to be good by the time you get home. Hey, if you reheat them up, so. I got an air fryer. Speaking of that, I think it's about time for me to get off this podcast and go eat some food. thing about that is I need to get off this podcast and play some games. All right, folks, until next week. Stay safe.